If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Bradner, doctorate nurse practitioner and fertility coach. And today we are continuing in our four-part series on PCOS since September is PCOS Awareness Month. Today, we're going to talk about the ugly truth about diagnosing PCOS. Hang with me. There's some great content coming. We know that 10% of women suffer from PCOS, and I want to share with you one of my favorite companies, Elon Healthcare. They are doing a six-month giveaway of one of their products. Use the code Terra15 to get a discount there. They are one of my favorite companies of myoanacetol. In fact, I just received a text message from one of my patients today that she has never had a more consistent period with just one month's use of this product. So everybody's different. Always consult your healthcare provider, but I love this company. Let's get started with today's episode, Diagnosing PCOS. We know that one in 10 women are diagnosed with PCOS, yet it takes an average of two years and three or more providers or office visits to make this diagnosis. I was absolutely shocked when I read this statistic on PCOS. As a healthcare provider, I am so passionate about talking about the delay that exists in making this diagnosis because I believe there are gaps in early diagnosis, in education for patients, and most importantly, for support. We have opportunities to improve the care we give you. And so if you're a healthcare provider listening, I would love to discuss this with you further and see how we can fill this gap that exists together. I believe we need to do better as healthcare providers than telling you to lose weight or implement lifestyle changes and come back once you've lost insert whatever pound, or just in general saying, just go lose weight. And that is not doing you guys a service. It is causing anxiety, frustration, confusion by doing that. We need to do better to provide you with the tools, the resources, and most importantly, the education that's needed with the diagnosis of PCOS. PCOS is the most common endocrine disease in women. Did you catch that? Endocrine disease, not reproductive disease. Infertility is a symptom or a condition that follows at times PCOS. So not everybody with PCOS will have infertility. Let's go back to anatomy for a second and let's take a look at the endocrine system. 
Other parts of the endocrine system that you might be familiar with is your thyroid, your pituitary gland, your hypothalamus, your pancreas, adrenal glands, your ovaries, and in males, your testicles are part of this system. And then your placenta becomes part of it as well during pregnancy. We know that symptoms vary greatly and some patients may have a few symptoms and other patients may have all the symptoms of PCOS. So for today, we're gonna to refer to them as pieces of the puzzle. So some patients may have a few pieces of the puzzle and others may have the entire puzzle put together. Making the diagnosis of PCOS is a judgment call on the part of a healthcare provider. And studies show that many professionals misunderstand this disease and miss symptoms that indicate a diagnosis should be made. If you're a patient listening, I wanna acknowledge your frustration, confusion, and the mental health aspect that comes along with this disease. There are studies that indicate you as a patient feel frustrated that you did not receive proper education upon being diagnosed, you feel dismissed by healthcare practitioners, and the worst part is you received a late diagnosis even though you continually went to your healthcare provider with the same symptoms. And to top it off, Many of you noted that you were eventually diagnosed due to your own research or your own suspicion versus the healthcare provider coming forward with the diagnosis. This study broke my heart. We can do better as healthcare providers. And I wanna empower you as a patient today that moving forward, you will continue to speak out on behalf of your healthcare, especially if you feel symptoms are being missed or overlooked. I'm huge on you being a patient advocate for yourself if something doesn't feel right or look right, that you continue to speak out. And know that it's okay to seek a second opinion if your initial provider does not feel right for you. Second opinions happen all the time in the medical field. You guys have heard me speak on this before. I've done podcasts on seeking second opinions. So I just wanna validate that in the healthcare field, this is common and you're not offending us. And please do so if you feel it's being overlooked. I wanna break down one particular study this study consisted of 1,385 women who reported a diagnosis of actually having PCOS. And this study found that one third or more of women reported it taking two or more years to receive the diagnosis and seeing three or more healthcare professionals before receiving the diagnosis. I look at this and think, wow, that's a long time, but I also feel like that's a lot of money. It's a lot of emotions. That's a lot of uh, nights and days feeling drained because you just knew something wasn't right and you continue to push for an answer. Let's back up and discuss our high school days. Many PCOS symptoms may be routine during puberty. So acne, irregular menstrual cycles, those things are common to see in our puberty days. So it makes distinguishing between PCOS and normal puberty complicated. I feel it's often overlooked as well back then. I have found several patients with PCOS in high school, and I've seen several patients that knew they had symptoms in high school that go above and beyond just acne or regular menstrual cycles. If you're listening or know somebody in high school even that thinks they have this, please encourage them to advocate for their health care as well. We do tend to avoid ultrasound in adolescence because it is not uncommon for the ovaries to display high follicle numbers or have um, ovarian volume that fits the same diagnosis of PCOS. So it's common to not do some standard testing during puberty. Therefore, we need to really look at symptoms. 
Okay, so moving into diagnosing. I hate to say this, but unfortunately, there is no single magic test that says you have PCOS, which makes putting the pieces of your puzzle together even more challenging for providers. I'm going to share just some of the initial tests that I run on patients. Please take this lightly. Always have a discussion with your healthcare provider. So initial tests should include free testosterone, DHEA, 17-hydroxyprogesterone, prolactin, your TSH value, fasting blood glucose levels, and your lipids. There's more or less that I do. It really depends on you as an individual. Some will further indicate that you need an ultrasound as well. Some criteria will also indicate an ultrasound as well. So once again, this is very individualized if we do an ultrasound or not. We know that PCOS ovaries typically will have an increase in volume and contain 10 to 12 cysts ranging in size from 2 to 9 millimeters in diameter. Once again, that's also individualized, but that's a standard average that someone may see. So let's jump back to last week's episode where I discussed diagnostic criteria commonly used. I broke down the Rotterdam criteria and the Androgen Excess Society criteria. So let's quickly review that. The Rotterdam criteria says there's three things that go into diagnosing PCOS and you must meet two of them. One is excess androgen symptoms. Two is no or irregular ovulation. So you're not ovulating or it's irregular. And three is an ultrasound showing you have polycystic ovaries. The Androgen Excess Society states you must meet all of the following to make the diagnoses. Number one, excess androgen symptoms, and number two, ovarian dysfunction and or polycystic ovaries. So I cracked out and dusted off my medical books from 12 years ago, and this is what it states about diagnosing PCOS. So the purpose of doing lab work, so the labs I just discussed, is primarily to exclude serious disorders that can present some of the same symptoms of PCOS. So it's used to exclude other disorders. For example, measuring prolactin and TSH, so your thyroid levels, will exclude things such as hyperprolactemia with or without thyroid dysfunction. So there's a prolactin disorder we can see that we want to rule out. In patients without clear signs of androgen disorder, drawing labs such as free testosterone and DHEA may be helpful. However, the best predictor of androgen symptoms is looking at you in the clinic and that clinical presentation of symptoms. Let's not forget, once again, you may exhibit mild to moderate signs of PCOS and not have elevated blood levels or irregular ovulation to go along with that. So I really wanna focus on PCOS should be a clinical decision that is made looking at symptoms, physical symptoms, in addition to the lab and ultrasound that go along with it. As I moved into my second textbook, it notes the diagnosis of PCOS is made with evidence of clinical symptoms, so once again, symptoms, or biochemical, AKA lab draws, presence of ovarian dysfunction, but it comes down to excluding other conditions that we can see producing hyperandrogenism and ovarian dysfunction. So it's a ruling out of other diseases once again. I found one article that notes it might be useful to start looking at AMH levels and that there's more studies being done on this when diagnosing PCOS because we know that AMH levels 
are consistently higher in those with PCOS. So we see elevated AMH levels in those with PCOS. As a healthcare provider, I feel it's vital to diagnose this disease as early as possible in order to implement proper care because we know that those with PCOS are at risk for cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, sleep apnea, uterine cancer, and let's not forget the psychosocial impact this disease carries. Remember, my inbox is always open. Send me a message on social media. Let's chat if you feel that you have these symptoms or you're frustrated and you have yet to be diagnosed or possibly misdiagnosed. I'm here to support you guys. You can find me on social media, Tara B Fertility. My email is always open. I'll link all of that in today's show notes. Thank you for listening to Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast. I wanna invite you back every Tuesday with new short quick episodes and all month of September we're going to be shining a light on PCOS. I want to share today's sponsor 2 Plus Fertility. This product was designed to help solve the issue of less than 1% of sperm reaching the egg when trying to conceive at home. This device is comfortable, easy to use, and each device can be used up to four times a month. It's soft, comfortable, drug-free, and made of 100% medical grade silicone. 2 Plus wants to bring as much sperm to the right place in the vaginal tract and create an experience that can be tried from the comfort of your own home or hotel room. To learn more about this product, see today's show notes. Use the code Terra30 to receive a discount and continue your trying to conceive efforts at home. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.